You're listening to the Rick Soto Podcast. For more information about Pastor Rick Soto and the Ranch Church, go to ranchchurch.com. Five o'clock this morning, very rare for me, very, very rare, and completely against my training. The Lord told me to have a different message for you, not in the book of Romans. We're going to talk about heaven. And this week, our community saw the heaven going of um, uh, Harry Nunn, a very beloved man in our community. We also had a young man in our church, Matt McGrew, who we loved. He had overcome many addictions, and we were cheering him on and cheering him on, and he's now with Jesus very suddenly. And then our brother Marvin. So we're celebrating Marvin today. But in light of that, we're going to talk about heaven. You need to know that heaven is real. I'll talk more about that. And so go in your Bibles with me. I'm going to just use it as a text, the very last uh, sections of the Bible, the book of Revelation, and communicate with you about that in Revelation chapter 21, and I'll reference Revelation chapter 22. And we're going to talk about heaven. Chapter 21, the very end of the Bible says, in terms of John's revelation, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Can you say amen? Amen. Thank you. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, the sea was no more. That phrase, actually, the sea is no more, has bummed out a lot of surfers. (laughs) It's like, you guys relax, we're talking about heaven, you know, so... uh, so I, all I say is the word literally means sea, not oceans. The best waves are often on ocean fronts. There'll be water for you there. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them. And you should be so excited about that. And they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. I know the sadness, personally, of someone you actually care deeply about going to heaven before you said your last goodbye. And so take comfort, church, for the scripture says, he will, he will, this is the Lord, he will, he will wipe away every tear. He will do that for you. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Lord Jesus Christ, come. Come and let us comprehend your word. Let us have faith in you. Let us be revived as we receive heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. These words are at the end of the book of Revelation, at the end of a seven-year tribulation period, at the end of a millennial reign of Jesus Christ. Christians will debate about some of the nuances about that. I'm choosing to talk about heaven in this section of heaven right here, right now, by which there is uniform agreement across Christians through all continents. Yes, 
Jesus is coming. He will come at this time, in this place, and in this manner, and he will actually do these things. Jesus, when he was walking on planet Earth, if you cannot internalize his earthly ministry, then internalize his earthly ministry this way, for this is what he was saying to you. Come with me. Is that not what he was saying? Come with me. He would look at the disciples and say, come with me, and I will make you fishers of men, which means I will have a transforming work in your life. I will so anoint you. I will so put my presence on you that other people, though you be broken, though you be still struggling sometimes with sin, though you may not understand it, other people, though, will actually see me inside of you, and that's my whole plan. That's my whole purpose. Come with me, he would say to the disciples, and I will actually make you fishers of men. I will make you a human being attractive to other people in such a way that they will see my glory through your brokenness and enter into my kingdom. Come with me. Jesus would say, come with me. He would literally take the disciples on a walk. If you're in Santa Barbara, he's starting in Santa Barbara, and he's going to walk to the north country. He's going to end up in San Luis Obispo. That's it. That's the journey. I'm going to start from that central coast area. I'm going to end up in San Luis Obispo. He's actually not going to hang around Jerusalem much. He doesn't want to be there. He actually doesn't want to be around religious people much. He wants to be amongst those who are hurting, those who are sad, those who are done with themselves. They're done with pride. They want to be done with shame, but they don't know how. They want to be done with guilt, but they don't know how. They have the ability to confess their shortcomings and understand them deeply. And they want to know, is heaven real? Or is this it? Because if you're here and you think this is it, I feel sorry for you. And I have good news for you, but I do feel sorry for you. If you actually think this is it, then look for it and see if it makes you happy. If you think this is it, then go for it and see if it actually satisfies. If this is all there is, then give your life to it and don't complain when it turns and rears its ugly head on you. Because this life has no promise to satisfy you. This life has no promise to actually give you a life that's worth living. This life has no promise. When you were born, there was nobody there outside your mom and dad, maybe, who said, I will love you every day of your life. But Jesus comes to actually tell you about God. Here's some deeper theology. You ready for this, church? Say yes. yes. We say correctly, I want to come to Jesus. Jesus said with his own mouth in the end of John's gospel, 14, 15, 16, and 17, there's a father. I want to bring you to God the Father. I want you to know a father's love. If he had a good father, then it's way greater than that. If he had a bad father, great news. It's way greater than that. There's a father. Some things that you have to understand as we talk about heaven. That is actually purpose of Jesus Christ to take you to heaven. Which is why myself and others at our church will say, I'm going to heaven, who's coming with me? The best day of my life is my first day in heaven. The best day of a Christian's life is their first day in heaven. 
My brother Marvin Jenkins, best day of his life is when he said goodbye to this realm and said hello to his blessed Savior. We weep only for ourselves. Genesis chapter 1. Ooh, love me Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Yes? Great. Say it with me. Say it out loud. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Believe it. That's living water. Sell your life out for it. That's true. On your best day and your worst day, that will always be the foundational truth by which the entire universe exists. That God, who is perfect, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-sufficient, all-wise, tell me, church, are you going to counsel God? Are you going to educate Him? Are you going to help him out? Hey, God, let me tell you how to bring a sunset on. Are you going to do that for God? No. He had a thought, God did, and all of the laws of physics to create came into existence like that. He thought it, he willed it, he did not seek your advice. He sought no human counsel. No angelic being was even around. He thought it, internalized it, wanted it, and it happened because that's God. For you and I, we have to say there is an unseen realm, but it was not always so. Adam walked with God in the cool of the day, and so did Eve. Now we sing, and I love this song. I love Casey's song, Thin Place. Oh, I love that, brother. Love that song. And people who are at the end of their life often have these experiences where this thin place gets really, really thin, and they begin to have these revelations of God that are powerful and so potent. They begin to understand and experience this other side because it's that thin. God becomes that real. Well, there's this unseen realm. If you don't believe it, we can logic it. But right now, I'm simply preaching there's an unseen realm. And that unseen realm is the unity now of what happens here in this text, where this new heaven and this new earth comes down. To read the rest of the chapters, to understand there's a physicality to it. There's there's this basically cube that, that comes out of heaven. And when I talk about the laws of physics, you have to comprehend that the sun goes away and the glory of God holds the entire universe in a real manifestation. So we don't need our sun. God himself lights it up. We don't totally know what this elevator New Jerusalem thing looks like, but it's possibly some sort of gateway to God's greater universe or creative power, but we don't want it. It just comes down. And it has the purpose to unify that which is now divided. Into Revelation chapter 22. There's an angel mentioned. It's related to 
the revelation that John has, then the angel allowed, then the angel, excuse me, showed me the river of the water of life. Process that, church. A river that is actually the water of life. The water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. Also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kind of fruits yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. So it's possible that even with Adam and Eve or possibly even in eternity, that our bodies are on an ongoing healing basis, that this is things that we, there's nourishment for us. Uh, there's, there's uh, heaven, heaven is actually physical, so you eat in heaven. Now listen, some of you have actually invited me over to your house, and man, I love you, Jesus. You guys, some of you guys are cooks. People, we should have the greatest, biggest church ever just based on some of your culinary abilities. I mean, it's fantastic. And, uh, and yet, anything that we would do in this realm doesn't compare to any kind of food that would be done in that realm. Any kind of apple here is not even a comparison to an apple there. Any kind of water would not even compare. This is all perfect, all heavenly, and has a completely restorative effect, if necessary, on the body. Verse 3, no longer will anything be accursed, but the throne of God and the Lamb of God will be in it, and the servants will worship him. And they will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and the night will be no more. There will be no need of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. So much could be said about a curse, but I'll share this. Are you tired of negative people? Get away from me. You ever feel like that? Nasty, negative people. They don't exist in heaven. Yeah, you can get excited about that. That's all right. But I know some of you are going, well, am I that nasty, negative person? Always good to think about. The Lord will be there. First bullet point for my note-taking friends. Revelation 21 and Revelation 22, the very end of the Bible, says this very clearly. Heaven is real. Do whatever you need to preach that and project it. Heaven is real. Write it on a post-it and stick it on your refrigerator. Tell yourself every day, heaven is real. Nothing you do causes heaven to not exist. It does. Now, quiet moments confirm it. The Bible talks about it. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, all the way to the very end of Revelation, communicate it. That heaven is real. Secondly, heaven is refreshing. Heaven is really refreshing. 
This description, amongst many others that I could go through, is also beautiful and wonderful. Trees and fruit that heals and living water flowing from the throne of God and a sun which is in a, in a brightness which is exactly to uh, uh, perfection. You know, our sun right now sometimes is too hot. And then our sun sometimes is too cold. And then some of you come to church, you go, oh, I ran to church in a tent. I'm cool, cold. Pastor, you got a jacket. Oh, we'll give you blankets. Then, of course, other times here we're like, my goodness, it's really hot on the farm. Oh, wow. It's just perfect all the time in heaven. Heaven is refreshing. We worship there. Some theologians really sort of muse, and I, I lean this way, I lean this way. I, I think our language in heaven is actually very musical. I think as we would be talking to one another, I think it's actually very sing-songy. I think it's very musical. God seems to like that. If you want to memorize anything, put it to song. That's why all of you, or if you came of age in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, actually it doesn't matter when you came of age, a song you learned in your youth, whether you like it or not, it's probably stuck in your head. You go, why do I remember that song? Because it's music. Because it's a song. It's the way our brains operate and are wired. We tend to memorize things like that. Heaven is refreshing. There's no more dying. There's no more disease. Heaven is refreshing. Third, heaven is rewarding. Heaven is rewarding. I'll give you a cross-reference, 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It's going to speak in the scriptures there related to something called the Bema Seat. And the idea of this Bema Seat is just that. There is actually this sort of stadium, if you will, in heaven. And, and there's going to be rewards. And so your name is called. And what God is looking for now we tend to, in our brokenness, and sometimes even our sinfulness, feel that if God were to inspect my life, what would it be like? What would it be like? In Christ, your sin has been done away with. So God is actually inspecting your life to actually reward your life so that all of heaven, like in a stadium and, and like this central place, and your name is called, and your name is called, and it's like, okay, what did I ever do for Jesus? And many people tend to feel guilt about that, so let it be done away. But let, let, the, let the beauty of this statement, what have I ever done for Jesus? Be that God is looking at your life to see how he can reward you in front of angels and great saints. To say your name, to be called out, and to actually be rewarded. It's all the things possible. It should be sharing Jesus with somebody. It should be praying with somebody. But sometimes it's actually having actually wrapped your arms around somebody and said not much while they just cried their eyes out for hours 
because that's where they were and that's what they needed. They needed, they needed the arms of love. They needed the invitation into relationship with you. They, they needed that kind of personal ministry. Sometimes it is paying the bills for somebody else in some unique way. But whatever it is, in whatever context it comes about, God is seeking to look into your life right now, into eternity, because there's a moment. So this is not escapable. And this is not, this is, this is not something you're ever going to be able to run around. There's actually be a moment in eternity for God to actually call your name to reward you. If you think it's the pastor who gets that reward, think again. Not that what I'm not doing is not great, but the study of the Scripture says I have a lot of my reward. I'm in front of people and all these things. So, if, if, and I will get to heaven, and I will be in heaven, and so whatever the low-lying job is in heaven, I will be happy with it. But he is looking to reward you. And he will. He's looking to reward you and bless you. This, by the way, was a favorite subject matter of my friend Marvin Jenkins. Well, pastor, what do you think those rewards will look like? <laughs> Marvin's raspy voice, right? Right after he would tell me that Alabama's going to win again, pastor. Yeah, I'll talk more afterwards about that. Heaven is rewarding. I'll keep pushing forward here and won't belabor the point. Point number four, heaven has real justice. Heaven has real justice. And so I know our culture is caught up in that. We should be concerned about justice. Let me read the rest of chapter 22. I'm in Revelation 22, 6. And he said to me, these are the words are trustworthy and true. And the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, has sent his angel to show his servants what must soon take place. And behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the word of the prophecy of this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said to me, catch this church, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brother and the prophets and those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. And he said to me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. Let the evildoer still do evil, and the filthy still be filthy, and the righteous still do right, and the holy still be holy. Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the first and last, the beginning and the end. Talking about justice. That phrase, when he's going on, you know, filthy, let them still do this, and evildoers still do evil, this is a way of him saying, you can never mess with me. You want to perpetuate in your evil doing and in your lies and other kind of behavior, there is a day, which is why that phrase called the recompense, I am coming. Earlier in Revelation, I'm bringing heaven with me. And so if you think in this lifetime evil is never completely righted because we can't get it right, 
Jesus is saying, there's a day in where I will take care of that. That's our recompense. Heaven, as it exists, has perfect justice, real justice. Blessed, the text says, are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city of by the gates. Outside are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, murderers, idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. God loves everybody. I've seen God come and save people truly at the very end. My job and your job is not to judge who is saved and who is not. That's not our judge. Our job to judge. God's up for that task. In case you're wondering, I've been for more than 30 years a pretty devout student of the Bible. God is not counseling me as to who is in heaven and who's not. And nor is he you. But the only people in heaven are those who found Jesus, one way or another. The last moments of their life or with every moment of their life, the only people in heaven are those who have actually found Jesus. And those who chose to turn their face against Jesus Christ will get the consequences of turning their faith against Jesus Christ. The Bible calls that hell. Earlier in Revelation, that was the lake of fire. These were not things that humans were designed for. Death is not something that you were designed for. Heaven has real relationships. Fifth, heaven has real relationships. Excuse me, fourth, heaven has real justice. Fifth, heaven has relationships. So this is just one of the most fascinating things ever. That we know each other in heaven. We talk to one another in heaven. We laugh in heaven. And like you, this is, the, you know, I'm with you here, so no kidding, you're right, it's today, you know, it's the year, you know, 2021, and uh, it's October 10th, I got that right, right? Yes, it did, and so it's today. So you tend to think of today, you tend to miss the greater history of thousands and thousands of years of human history, thousands and thousands of years of God doing great revival, and so I've shared thoughts like this in other places, but if you've heard this, just bear with me as we enjoy a good moment together. There was, as history bears out, in what we would now call modern-day Japan, in a samurai village, a revival that took place around the 11th or 12th century. Some people got saved, they gave their lives to the Lord, these were people who were training for that kind of arts, and let that be. So that means that Marvin Jenkins, as an example, is in heaven, and he's walking down the street. And there's some big, bad samurai warrior from the 11th or 12th century who comes up to him and says, you're Marvin Jenkins. You root for Alabama, but that's okay. I get to show you heaven, Marvin. You want to look around? Marvin goes, well, when would you get saved? And he tells him his testimony. 
And then he looks around heaven and he sees this really long line, this really long, long, long line. And Marvin goes, well, is that for Jesus? And the samurai warrior says, you're new around here, huh? No, 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 that's for Adam because everybody wants to give him a hard time. (laughs) Eve doesn't even come to this part of heaven at all. There's relationships. There's conversations. There's adventure. This is eternal, and we have access to the entire universe in some way. You have a job to do in heaven. You have people to do it with. Being able to work is a privilege, church. We know it here negatively because... uh, You know, we don't have all the resources and things don't cooperate with one another. A great author by the name of C.S. Lewis wrote that if there is a carpenter in heaven and if he's cutting the tree, the tree is singing because he's been told this is what, this is what the wood is going to go for. It's going to go for another house for somebody in heaven or it's going to go to help somebody do this or that thing, which is beautiful. And so the tree says, use me, use me, cut me, and I'll sing and I'll let you shape me. I'll cooperate with the shaping of my essence so that it could be used for God's glory for this purpose. Nothing's like that here. Heaven has relationships. Six, heaven has, and last, has restoration. There's restoration in heaven. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify about these things for the churches. I am rooting the descendant of David, the bright and morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come, And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires to take the water of life without price. Amazing phrase of the grace of God. There is a restoration. You have to take great comfort because people have gone to heaven too early. And so it's like they haven't fulfilled this talent or that talent, or they haven't fulfilled their calling this way or that way. And yet God has something for them. There's a restoration in heaven. I don't know if it's the ball player gets to play the ball game that they always wanted to do. I don't know if it's the, the, the musician who finally gets to play the way they wanted to play or whatever the case is. The truth is that it's what you're designed for. It's what you're made for. You have a new life, an eternal life. Jesus Christ is there without any division. You have a new body. We can all say amen. You have new purpose. You have new relationships. I miss this for the moment about relationships, but as I... As I share, has it ever occurred to you how much energy we make uh, to relate with one another? It could be husband and wife. It could be friends. But I know a lot of my conversations are, what did you mean by that? You have those conversations? They're not nasty. It's like, okay, well, I want to do this, and I want to do that, and I want to go here. It's like, okay, well, that doesn't make sense. What did you mean by that? What do you mean by that? I want to go to the ball game. I want to go out to eat. I want to go over here. I want to go on this vacation. Didn't you? I told you this beforehand, didn't I? You didn't tell me that beforehand. I told you that beforehand. You didn't tell me that. 
I'm telling you, I want to do something fun with you. Why didn't you just say that? I did. This is our humanity. In heaven, somebody talks and you get it the first time. Somebody communicates and you get it immediately. Somebody converses with you a thought and it enters with full comprehension. You don't have to use all the extra energy and read all kinds of different books to understand how to get along with people. Heaven has restoration. Thank you for listening to the Rick Soto Podcast. For more information about Pastor Rick Soto and the Ranch Church, go to ranchchurch.com.